our Father who art in heaven. Today we remember those men and women who have died in service to our country. We pause to reflect on the lives sacrificed while protecting our freedoms. We confess that most days we are oblivious to the price paid by men and women in uniform, and yet we live every day in the freedom they laid down their lives to give us. So today, we recall the words of Jesus when he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And let us not forget that each life lost represents other lives that are left to pick up the pieces. We lift up widows and widowers, brothers and sisters, parents and children of the service men and women who fought valiantly for our country. We ask for your peace and comfort to never leave them. God, we thank you for the lives of these men and women. May their memory and their service never be forgotten. Amen. Let's just take a moment. Go ahead. We'll do that later. Glad that you're here this morning. How do you like this 10 o'clock service? Yeah. It's brunch time. We put a few vegetables out there so that you guys could like have some good healthy food along with some Krispy Kreme donuts. Now, we have more donuts than we have people today. And so if you want some donuts to put on the grill when you leave today, there'll be some extra donuts out there. They say those Krispy Kremes are really good when they're grilled up. Put a cheeseburger on it. <laughs> Get you some french fries. <laughs> Glad you'd have you a Memorial Day to remember. I read a story about a guy named John who had a serious memory problem. And one day John ran into a friend that he hadn't seen in a long time and he greeted him and he said, Bill, do you remember uh, what a bad memory I had? Bill said, yeah, I remember, I certainly do. And well, it's not bad anymore. I went to a seminar that taught us how to remember things. He said, it was great and now I have a wonderful memory. And Bill answered, that's great. What was the name of the seminar? And John said, well, uh, wait a minute. Uh, my wife went with me. I'll ask her. <laughs> he turned. He saw his wife nearby. And then he turned back to Bill and said, Bill, he said, what's the name of that, uh, what's the name of that flower with the long stem and the thorn and, uh, and a bloom? And Bill said, do you, do you mean Rose? He said, yeah, thanks, John. And he said, hey, Rose, what was the name of that seminar we attended? <laughs> you know, some people are forgetful, you know, and, you know, the older I get, I must admit uh, that I'm becoming more forgetful. Our, our lives get busy, and we forget things, and tomorrow's Memorial Day, a day of remembering. Many people seem to forget what Memorial Day is all about, and that video spoke well of it. For many, it's a time for picnics and ball games or the first big day out at the lake or at the beach or in the mountains or for the very first time for the summer, you hook up the RV and you head out to wherever you head out. It's all that, but much more. The reason for the holiday is so much more important. It's a day to stop and honor. Remember those who stood in the gap 
and they gave their, they gave their lives so that we could have picnics and not worry about a suicide bomber. A day to remember those who have died so that we can gather this morning and be here in this place this day at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning. We know, if you read the news, that even this week, Christians are being persecuted all over the world. And that's because, but uh, all over the world, but because of the wonderful heroes we remember today, we've not yet had to deal with the persecution here in America, only maybe through the media in some ways. But thank God for the heroes who have stood in the gap against the evil forces that have brutally killed Christians around the world, but not here in America. You know, World War II produced many heroes, and we still remember them. One such man was Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. Now, he was a fighter pilot, and he was assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. And one day, his entire squadron was sent on a mission. And after he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge, and he realized, uh-oh, somebody forgot to top off my fuel tank. Now, that's a kind of a frightening thought. He would not have enough fuel to complete the mission and get back to the ship, and his flight leader told him to return to the carrier. And reluctantly, he dropped down a formation, and the story said he headed back to the fleet. As he was returning to the mothership, he saw something that uh, turned his blood cold. A squadron of Japanese aircraft were uh, speeding their way toward the American fleet. And the American fighters were gone on a sortie and the fleet was defenseless. And he couldn't reach the squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing to do, and that was to stand in the gap, to stand in the gap for his buddies by somehow diverting them from the fleet. Laying aside all thoughts of his own personal safety, he, he uh, dove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50 caliber, uh, calibers blazed as he charged in, attacking one surprised enemy plane after another. And Butch wove in and out of now broken formation and he fired at as many planes as possible until all of his ammunition was finally gone. Undaunted, he continued the assault. He dove at the planes trying to clip their wings or their tail in hopes of damaging as many enemy planes as possible and entering, uh, uh, rendering them unable to fly. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction. And you can imagine how deeply, deeply relieved Butch O'Hare and his battered fighter uh, limped back to the, uh, to the carrier. Upon arrival, he reported and related to the event uh, surrounding his return. And the film from the gun camera mounted on his plane told of the tale of how he stood in the gap. It showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect his fleet. In fact, he had destroyed five enemy aircraft. This took place on February 20th, 1942. And for that action, Butch became the Navy's first ace of World War II and the first naval aviator to 
win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in combat at the age of 29. His hometown, though, uh, would not allow the memory of his World War II, this World War II hero to fade, and today, O'Hare International Airport is named in tribute to the courage of this great man, Butch O'Hare. And Butch was one of the hundreds of thousands of men and women who have stood in the gap. They stood in the gap uh, between freedom and the darkness of evil and have given their life so that we can eat watermelon tomorrow and munch on cheeseburgers. God is looking for people like that today. God is looking for people like that today. Actually, he has been looking for people like that throughout all of human history. He has been looking for people who are willing to stand in the gap and say enough is enough. I cannot allow the darkness of evil uh, to overtake my family. I cannot allow the darkness of evil to overcome and overtake my community, my nation, and my world. And he's been looking for people like this for thousands of years. In Psalms uh, chapter 94, verses 16, God asks, Who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evildoers? And that was thousands of years ago, and God was essentially saying, Who will stand in the gap? Who will stand in the gap and fight the evil darkness of, uh, of evildoers who want to destroy the world. Apparently, not many people took that plea seriously because Israel, as we know, ultimately spiraled out of control and into spiritual chaos. So much so that when the prophet Ezekiel was called by God several hundred years later, he was living in a culture that was full of corruption and the darkness of sin and evil, much like our culture today. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. And God had called the children of Israel to be a peculiar people, to live their lives differently than the surrounding cultures. He wanted, wanted his people to be different. But the sinfulness and the darkness began to creep in, and it overtook the children of God. Ezekiel chapter 22 uh, 23 through 29 describes the situa situation. I will read that to you. You can follow along in your Bibles or it's on the screen or it's in your program. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to the land, you are, you are a land that has no rain or showers in the day of wrath. There is conspiracy of her princesses within her like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people. Take treasures and precious things and, light, and make many widows within her. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of the Sabbath, so I am profaned among them. Her officials within her are like wolves, tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and laying of deviations. They say, this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. The people of the land practice extortion to commit robbery. They oppress the poor and the needy and mistreat the alien, denying them justice. Boy, does that sound like today? Man, is it, 
ever sound like today to me. Their government was corrupt. People weren't taking their faith seriously. Many people talked the talk, but they refused to walk the walk. People were regularly abused and neglected. They were taken advantage of. Darkness had invaded the land. Darkness and evil had invaded the land. And instead of piercing the darkness with the light, the children of God chose to allow the darkness to overcome them. And then God says this to Ezekiel in verse 30. He said, I look for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but found no one. God is saying, again, I'm looking for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. You know, sometimes I read these Old Testament stories and I, and I think about, the, uh, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and I think about the people of Israel and I think sometimes, and I know that this is not, this is just my thinking, it's kind of weird sometimes, but I think sometimes God ought to apologize to those people. When I look at our land and I look at our lives, and I think God is still looking for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so he wouldn't have to destroy the land, but he found none. And as the darkness continued to advance throughout their communities, God expected his people to stand up and say, no more, enough is enough. But sadly, no one was willing to do anything about it. They would, be their, they would do their religious duty, offering sacrifices. They would attend the synagogues, but they would, they would also turn the other way when sin was committed. They refused to stand in the gap. And they refused to stop the influence of darkness and evil and sin in their communities and even in their own lives. And the search continues today. The search continues today. The search continues for people of God who are willing to stand in the gap. Men and women and children and students are willing to stand up to the invading darkness with the light of Jesus and begin to push back the darkness with the light. You know, as well as I know, that a life without the love and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ is a life that's destined for destruction and evil and darkness. We can throw our hands up in frustration. You know, we say, oh man, it's no use. We, we can be disgusted at the things that are happening around us or we can get off our butts and stand in the gap doing whatever we can to push back the darkness with the light of Jesus Christ and say, no more. We do outreach events in our community as a church and uh, such as our Christmas festival and our, our recent crosswalk and we do that to take the light into the world to push back darkness and to reach people who have not seen the light of Jesus. That's why we partner with Livingston and, and Smith Station Elementary Schools, partner with them so that we can push back the darkness and be a light in an otherwise darkened world. That's why we're launching a ministry partnership with Anthony and his family in Smithfield, Virginia. As a church, we need to shine the light of God's love in places that need it most. I believe today that God is looking for a church that will stand in the midst of darkness and evil in our community and shine the light of Jesus. I believe he's looking for a church who will stand up and say, no more, enough is enough. In November, we'll be hosting uh, Manu from Hyderabad, India, whose family stands in the gap of the slums of India, feeding and sharing real hope 
with hundreds of children. And when our team was there, we were able to be a part of that and see the hope in those children light up because they got a meal that day. And they're teaching them to sing songs of Jesus. They have taken Bibles in their own language that you guys, that we have purchased to tribes in India where there are warlords that resist the gospel. And we were able to go into some of those places, not where the warlords were at, but some of those churches and see the joy and the light of Jesus because they had a Bible and how proud they were to hold that Bible up. Sometimes I think they ought to send missionaries here instead of us going there. You see, the family is shining the light of Jesus. And they're standing in the gap, shining the light of Jesus in a land of Hindu and making a difference. Now, these stories to me, they're inspiring and they're motivating, they're encouraging, and they can motivate us to join them in standing in a gap in, in our own neighborhood. You see, the darkness surrounds us on every side, right here in Spotsylvania County. It's penetrating our families and, and it's entering into our lives and the lives of our neighbors. Last year, during the Rebuild series, Gay and I made a commitment to stand in the gap for families in our church, in our community in Smithfield and around the world. And you responded financially. But now we need to respond tangibly with our, with our time and with our talents. Why? Because the darkness has invaded and we need to stand in the gap to fight for our families, fight for our husbands, fight for our wives, for our children, and those in our community and those in Smithfield and around the world who are living in sin and darkness. God is looking for people who are willing to stand in the gap and shine the light of Jesus in the dark places of our community and say to the evil one, I will stand for this no more. You will not win. Maybe God is calling you this morning to stand in the gap. Maybe there, there are many ways that you can stand in the gap without leaving Spotsylvania County. You know, we think sometimes, well, I got to go overseas or I got to do this or I got to do that. But no, you don't even have to leave this church building to fight darkness in an evil world. Tim spoke so well this morning about summer serve. What he's saying in essence is we need some people that are not serving to get off the chair and go serve for the summer and stand in the gap for those who serve and serve and serve and serve and serve. And I gotta tell you, when I look at those sign-up sheets out there, it's kind of discouraging. Unless it's changed since the last time I looked. There's opportunities for us to serve just for the summer. Maybe once a month or twice a month. And we can do that. We can do that without leaving this town. You can, you can work with our youth, stand in the gap for children and youth, many who are struggling with life by giving some time to volunteer on the weekends to be a consistent godly influence in the lives of children. What greater honor can you have in your life than to stand in the gap with children and with students who desperately need men that are godly men who will say, I will stand up with our children and our youth, even in our families, and women who will serve our children and our students and be a godly influence on a consistent basis. You can stand in the gap by serving at Smith Station or, 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 or Livingston. From time to time when we have those events, you can stand in the gap by consistently giving financially this summer. Even when you're not here, people leave and they just leave and 
They're gone for the summer. You can stand in the gap so that we can continue ministry. People are still hurting and dying and going to hell in the summer. And God's called us to stand in the gap while we're on vacation. But be totally honest with you today. If you decide to stand in the gap, beware of the enemy. Beware of the enemy. You're going you're to be going up against Satan himself. An enemy that will do everything he can to stop our progress, to stop your progress. Paul warned the believers in Ephesus not to approach this fight on their own strength, but remember that only God can defeat the enemy. Paul then instructs them to put on the full armor of God in order to stand and prevail. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, you cannot do this in your own strength. You cannot do this with your own weapons of flesh. We have to put on the full armor of God. And you can read more about that. When Jesus saw the people and the needs they had, he said that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few, and it still stands true today. It still stands true today. We curse the darkness but yet we have the light. We have the light. In other words, the world around us is desperate for someone to stand in the gap with them and begin to make a difference in their lives with the good news of the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And he was the ultimate example. Jesus was the ultimate example of standing in the gap. He went to the gap that we could not cross you see, there was a gap that separated us, a, ch a chasm that separated us from God. We were sinners, and all of us, the Bible says, we've all sinned, and we've all fallen short of the glory of God, and that sin created a gap between us and God. And Jesus went to the, he went to the gap that we could not cross, the one caused by our sin that separated us from God, and he bridged that gap by taking our sins. He died for us so that we might live for him. He bridged the gap for us that we might stand in the gap for others. Our military stands in the gap for our freedom here in this country every day. Every day. And so we too must stand in the gap for our faith here in this country and around the world. And I encourage you today and tomorrow to remember those who have stood in the gap. Just take a moment at your picnic or at the lake or wherever you may be celebrating tomorrow and just take a moment and remember. Remember those who gave it all. And remember Christ who gave it all. And we must be strong and stand in the gap and defend what we know to be true. And so the question this morning, will you answer the invitation of Ezekiel? Who will stand in the gap? I am looking for someone to stand in the gap. Will you stand in the gap in our church, in our community, in Smithfield and around the world, declaring to the darkness, no more, no more. I've had enough. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your love and your grace. We thank you, Father, that you stood in the gap for us. And Lord, we thank you today for the many, 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 many men and women who have stood in the gap for us. I just want, 
for some reason, I just feel like just take a moment of silence just to remember. The candle burns today in remembrance of those who have stood in the gap. Father, again, we thank you for those who have stood in the gap for our freedom, who have fought the dark forces of evil that wants to take and destroy our freedom, our freedom to worship you, God. But Father, there's a darkness. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here. There's a darkness, Lord, as you know, that has invaded our land. God, may we be the church. May we be the people. God, will you speak to our hearts this morning? May we be the people that says no more. Enough is enough. And stand in the gap for our neighbors, for our families, for our husbands, for our wives, for our children, our grandchildren, for the people that walk through our doors week in and week out. kind of risky for me but if you'd say right now buddy I am determined to stand in the gap for my family for my community for Smithfield and around the world would you stand right now and I pray for you pray for us if you're willing to say I'll stand in the gap So here we are, Father. We've answered your call. You're looking for people who will stand in the gap. God bless you for standing and being willing to stand in the gap for Jesus and for our community.
Father, we thank you for your word that compels us to move. And God, what a beautiful sight as we've stood to our feet, God, and we have said, I will stand in the gap. And so, Lord, as we leave this place, I pray, Father, that that wasn't just a gesture on our parts, but God, that we will turn that over into service for you, into standing in the gap for you, into standing and living under our convictions because we love you, Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that it won't just be words that we hear, but we will turn that into action because of our commitment to you. Thank you for each person here this morning, Lord. Thank you, God, for those that have given their lives that we can stand here in freedom and worship you. God, may we never take that for granted. And as we go our separate ways, Lord, tomorrow I pray that we'll remember you, remember those, and God, just have a blast with each other and connect. God, we love you. We give everything that's happened here this morning to you for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for responding. I know for me, I want to turn that into action, not let that just be words. You guys are going to have a good time tomorrow. Do fun things, right? Okay. Have a ball. See ya. No, I'm running to you.